Hello everybody, I'm Dane Curley, and this is me clicking record. Yeah, so I was a guest on my friend's podcast, Jonathan Brookins' The Work Podcast, which you can find... Well, it's available everywhere podcasts are available, and you can listen to it now. So go check that out. Um, it's a fantastic, introspective podcast, uh, not merely from a fighter's point of view. Uh, Jonathan Brookins, he was a UFC fighter. He's also fought in like every promotion you can name. WEC, which is the World Extreme Cage Fighting, I think it was. Yeah, and um, Bellator and... He's fought in Japan, and I think he was in Scotland. I mean, this guy's fought everywhere. Um, But you're not only getting a fighter's perspective, you're getting the perspective of someone who is truly devoted to bettering himself and is truly interested in um, living life fully. He is a yoga adept, and you can hear a lot about yoga on, on the podcast. He's been to these... Vipassana retreats where you go 10 days in silence and meditation. I mean, he's a real unique person. He's a real close friend. Uh, I was on his podcast. And the aftermath of that, I got a lot of very positive feedback about my appearance on his podcast. And not to toot my own horn, but (laughs) I did a pretty great job. And people want me to make my own. And uh, a bunch of people... One person in particular, a friend of mine, Dimitri M., and guessing by his first name, you can guess that his last name is probably like Miroshevich or something like that, you know, because it's Dimitri. What else is it going to be? So you could fill in the blanks there, but he sent me a text and he said, man, you probably don't have the time, but you should have your own podcast in some form. Little does he know how much time I have. Uh, He has spawned this podcast which I'm titling Me Clicking Record, uh, because I'm, I am i don't know what to do it about. So I figured if I just click record, uh, the, the inner depths of my unconscious, my soul will be expunged out of my mouth, in through the microphone receiver, and straight into your ears. And I think that's what the people want. I'm pretty sure that's what the people want. He did give me some ideas, though, this Dimitri M. Uh, he said, uh, you know, it could be anything. Brainstorming session reflection over a philosophy, answering fan questions, building an act out loud. It'll probably turn into something on its own, no matter where you start. So uh, I like the advice, and uh, that's why I'm sharing the text. And here I am, and let me get underway. I'm going to start with, listen, I am a huge music connoisseur. I'm uh, an audiophile, self-proclaimed audiophile. It's a lover of music for you people who don't speak Greek. And I thought I'd share a song of the day. And what I would try to do when I share a song of the day, I'm going to call this section of the podcast, in quotes, song of the day to check out. This is the song of the day to check out. Uh, I'm going to try to pick something that whether you have really high-end gear, like sick pair of headphones or really awesome speakers, or you just have like earbuds, that this is something that can be appreciated on any level as a, as a straight-up song or as a true audiophile experience. So I'm going to start with the man himself, my lookalike, Frank Zappa. And the song I'm picking for Song of the Day is called City of Tiny Lights. 
City of tiny lights. This song is freaking awesome. Uh, it stars the man Adrian Ballou, B-E-L-E-W, uh, in the in the role of lead vocals. Frank takes a supporting role on the vocals in this song. He sings like, Tiny is as tiny does. Tiny is as tiny does. And then Baloo, who's like this high tenor, he comes in and he's like, Tiny lights! And nobody can do that but him. So go check that song out. The bass line is absolutely bananas. And I prefer the live version on the Halloween 77 album. That's actually was recently released. Um, but the uh, original album is Shake Your Booty. Shake Your Booty spelled uh, like a <laughs> like an like a shake from the Middle East. Um, a sheik, uh, the Iron Sheik. Um, S-H-E-I-K-H, I think. And then space Y-E-R-B-O-U-T-I. The cover is the 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 album cover is delightfully politically incorrect by today's standards, um, because you know Frank Zappa is an Armenian and he's portraying someone who is like totally not Armenian, bro. Um, but I love it. I just picked up the vinyl. I haven't even listened to it yet. I got it for I want to say thirty dollars. It's the original, so I'm like, whoa, thirty dollars for the original. The cover is totally beat to shreds. Um, but the discs were in solid shape, so I was like, whoa, this is a steal, he don't know what he has here, and then I fucking raped that dude, financially, when I took that off his hands, he doesn't know. So, moving on to the next section of the show, um, fan questions, just like the man Dimitri, aka D, suggested. Um, this question was it came via Instagram stories where somebody, this really awesome person actually, um, whom you can find at art with pointed teeth, at art with pointed teeth. I don't know why I can't say the word art without saying it like that, but it's A-R-T, um, art with pointed teeth. And she asked through one of my stupid Instagram stories where I say, ask me anything and receive your fortune and all that stupid stupidity that I do. She said, what are, what are my top three bands to headbang to? Now, you know my hair is really long, and I do some headbanging. And in fact, just on Friday past, I was doing, I was actively doing headbanging amongst some folks, properly social distancing. And I was like, oh, crap, I totally forgot what band that was that I was headbanging to, so I texted my friend Charlie. I said, hey, dude, what was the band I was headbanging to at your house? And he said, in all caps, PRIMUS. PRIMUS. I cannot get over PRIMUS. I PRIMUS is just, it, it kills me anew every time I revive myself to listen to it. The whole concept that the front man and the front instrument is the lead bass. Nobody's even heard of lead bass. Lead bass? Put that bass back on the backdrop, motherfucker. There's no lead bass. We don't do that around these parts. This is rock and roll, you idiot. Yeah, well, you turn up to Primus, 
and you realize that lead bass has a lot of potential and bands still have not been able to emulate that and I still have, have yet to really truly, truly hear a band that is absolutely as bassorific as Primus when it takes the full center stage, it's heavy. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, I see, I just fucking figured it out. I was just about to say that Primus is the only one, and then ding, 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 ding. My brain waves, the, the synapses are firing, things are happening with the myelin sheaths, and I remember Mud Vein, the song Dig, so dig. Dick, bury me, but the next left in the so look at that you've just got a second song of the day dig by mudvane and the primus song i was bringing to what the fuck was it it was i believe um these tweakers they are their beloved in this town you gotta check that song out i i don't know if the actual title is these goddamn tweakers or these blue collar tweakers i don't know what it is but it's it's an awesome song and it's really 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 a lot going on with the bass there so Primus, uh, Mudvayne, and then you gotta throw a favorite in there, right? You gotta throw a favorite in there. Just go up with some straight up classic Metallica. Metallica, yeah, yeah. Um, so those are the three top three bands I would headbang to presently. You see, that's always gotta say presently. You gotta give the caveat to the people because it's always changing. Let's be real, it's always changing. Um, so the person who asked that question at Art with Pointed Teeth, she makes these really cool, well, she makes these really cool, I guess they're figurines, um, out of clay, mixed media, clay and cloth, and she does some light animation on them, and anyway, I like it a lot, so do actually check that person's page out, and speaking of animation, shout out to at FatbirdThings. Um, that's actually a personal friend who does animating. I think if at Fatbird Things and at Art with Pointed Teeth combined forces, you'd have this, like, cult death animation that would just be fantastic. And it would remind me a little bit of um, the lead guitarist of Tools animations from the old music videos uh, where he did a lot of animating and, and claymation because he was a creature feature expert and he, he, he built, like, masks... And he built all sorts of uh, movie magic type stuff before he was, you know, a legendary guitar player in one of the most prominent metal bands on the planet in Tool. And that's another band that people say are like, well, they're a bass band, they're a bass forward band. But I, I actually disagree with that. I don't think they're a bass forward band. I think just really, like, yes, yes, they, you know, they, their bass lines are awesome, but their bass isn't forward. It's all muddy and it's in the back. And that's the truth. And you're only going to get the truth from the me clicking record podcast. <laughs> so I spent this whole 10 minutes talking about music, but then I got into animation. So see that I'm actually better than I thought, but I did want to talk about this book I'm reading. It is called a canticle for Leibovitz. It's spelt with a W, but I'm saying it correctly. A Canticle for Leibovitz, and it is written by a gentleman named Walter M. Miller Jr., 
which that person has four names, which is two names too many if you ask me, but I didn't name them. Um, apparently, this person has also written the books Saint Leibovitz and The Wild Horse Woman. Uh, this is the only thing I've ever read by this person, and on the cover it says it is the classic bestseller and a landmark of 20th century literature. Well, I just finished part one. It's a book of three parts. Um, the names of each part are in Latin, and the first uh, part is called Fiat Homo, and that means let there be man, let there be man. Anyway, this book is, ooh, it's tricky. That's what I would say. I would say it's tricky, and it is very interesting. And I'm going to read the back of the book here for you because it might be up your alley as well. Um, if you've played the video game Fallout, you got to understand that a lot of inspiration for that video game series comes from this book. I didn't know that till I started reading it, but now it is clear. Uh, so let me read the back here. After the fall, the rebirth. In the depths of the Utah desert, long after the flame deluge has scoured the earth clean, a monk of the Order of St. Leibovitz has made a miraculous discovery. Holy relics from the life of the great saint himself, including the blessed blueprint, the sacred shopping list, and the hallowed shrine of the fallout shelter. In a terrifying age of darkness and decay, these artifacts could be the keys to mankind's salvation. But, as the mystery at the core of this groundbreaking novel unfolds, it is the search itself for meaning, for truth, for love, that offers hope for humanity's rebirth from the ashes. A canticle for Leibovitz. Yeah, you should read it. Honestly, I haven't finished it, and I already know that you should read it, and that I should read it through to the end. Will I? Will I? Well, that's for this bottle of uh, diet root beer and me to decide. Oh, yeah. You're going to listen to me take those non-water water breaks. I'm human. You know, a lot of people are listening to this right now, and they're going, oh, he's drinking diet root beer? Like, I thought he was all enlightened and all of this, and... You know, be here now. Look, people, I could be smoking crack. I'm drinking diet root beer, so get the fuck over it. Anyway, I was reading book five of the Magnificent Dune Chronicles, uh, the Dune series, and Dune and its fourth sequel, God Emperor of Dune, are both in my top five favorite books, all categories, all genres all time. Uh, but this book, I am at page 143, which means I love you. And I put it down and I put it down for a long time. I'm ashamed to say, but am I ashamed to say I got five books deep and the fucking shit got slow. What was I supposed to do? <sighs> so I sighed and I picked up another book and that book was called Anathem by Neil Stevenson, and I got to page 110, and it didn't get slow. I got to page 110, it didn't get slow, but it's 970 plus pages long, man, and like, I was really liking it, but I moved to a canicle for Leibovitz because like, I don't got all day. 
I don't got all day to sink my teeth into this. I have a day job. I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm writing my own stories. What do you want from me? 970 pages, man? Yeah, your book's awesome. I know it's going to be good if I finish it. But fuck you. Write a shorter book, man. Okay, so a cannibal for... A cannibal. A canticle for Leibovitz is... Uh, oh, they... Oh, 338 pages long for those of you. And they, they, they're they quick pages. It's not like a big, like, infinite jest type book. So I think you can do it, people. I think you can do it, and I'll do it with you, and we'll be awesome, and we'll be smart. Oh, have I done enough on this podcast already? Let me read Dimitri's text again to see if I get some inspiration. Reflection over a philosophy. Well, we answered fan questions. We didn't build an act out loud, but I kind of do that just by existing. Uh, brainstorming session. What could we brainstorm together? What could I brainstorm by myself while you listen? Um, I don't know. I don't really have any of that for you today. Um, I would have to look to my books for inspiration. I do a lot of reading and I read. This is something that I, I advocate. Okay. I think people who are intimidated by reading or who say they don't enjoy reading, I think the truth of that is actually just that they haven't put a lot of time into reading, and so reading is difficult for them. Uh, reading is difficult for me. It, it's really difficult for me. I'm a slow reader. Uh, I'm a fantastic reader of things aloud because I'm trained as an actor professionally, but when, I, when it comes to actually sitting down, staying focused, reading a book solid through, you know, I have a best friend, um, Captain Sean Donovan in the Air Force, and he... I mean, man, he chews through books. He chomps these books up and spits them out. He's like reading entire series where these series, they release a 1,000-page book every every semester. Um, I can't do that. So what I like to look at myself as is I call myself a book slut, okay? I will have many books open at once, and so... I'm fully prepared to get back to Anathem and Heretics of Dune, which is Dune Book 5, and I'll finish a canticle for Leibovitz, and I also have a book by Herman Hess that I want to get through, and all sorts of other things that I'm reading at any given time. I, 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 do, I do mean this. I have about 15 books open where I'm further than 50 pages in. And in these three in particular, you know, I'm past the, the 100 page mark in each of them and in a few others as well. Um, I have no problem putting a book down. People, if you're intimidated by finishing a book, let me give you some life advice. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart and I mean this sincerely. Hold on, I'm burping the diet root beer. Excuse me. Don't finish it. Don't finish the book. It's okay. Start a book, have the intention of reading it, not finishing it. Have the intention of reading the book. Purchase the book, that helps. Or if you're not going to purchase it, you know, don't bootleg it because then there's no mental incentive. Purchase the book or get a fucking library card, walk your little ass to the library and check out the book. And then, you know, you have to go bring it back. Don't be one of those douchebags that has overdue library books unless it's an accident, okay? Purchase the book, 
or check it out at the library, have the intention to read it. Read it as far as you can go. A little bit, not even every day. Every couple of days, a little bit. And you'll find that if you like a book enough, you will finish it. It has nothing to do with liking or not liking reading. Reading is challenging. Nobody likes it. Okay? If you teach a five-year-old how to read, you'll know. They don't find it fun, the learning part. And encountering new big-ass words in books like A Canigal for fucking Leibovitz, it's frustrating sometimes. And I'm not always in the mood. I'm a moody person. My moods change as the days go on and as the day goes by. So I'm not always in the mood to sit down and read a book, so I don't always sit down and read a book. But I promise you'll be so rewarded by reading anything and any amount of it. And feel free to, if something sucks, throw it in the fucking garbage, okay? Don't, don't, even, don't even give it away for free and let other people read it if it sucks. Unless it's one of those things like, well, I think it sucks, but somebody else could really appreciate this. Then give it away for free. Pass it on to somebody. But don't spread the meme of stupidity, okay? Spread the memes that are enriching to yourself and other people. And that's what we need to do in this world, people. Oh, I start talking about the world and I get all upset instantly. It's that fast. It's that fast. My mood has dropped. I was all excited. I was proselytizing being a good reader and what that even means and how you don't have to chew through books or chomp through books like Captain Sean Donovan. You goddamn try hard. No, I'm just kidding. I love you, man. Um, if you can do that, you're the fucking man. And you deserve to be a captain. <laughs> you deserve it. You deserve to be a captain if you could chew through books. Like uh, General Mattis. He's a, he's a book chewer. Big time. Um... I'm envious of that talent, of that skill, really, because you can hone it. You know, Captain Sean is a master book reader because he spent his, um, you know, formative years reading tons and tons of books. He read every Goosebumps book. He read every Animorphs book. I don't know what I was doing. I wasn't reading every book. I was dicking around, writing rap songs. I became a great rapper. So now I'm not a great reader. It, was that a worthy trade-off? Of course. <laughs> yes, but would be nice to have both skills, not gonna lie. Could have maybe tempered uh, on the rapping and uh, got a little better at reading, but here we are. I'm becoming a great reader now, and I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah, I think... Here's another tip, and, and this one isn't coming from me. This one's coming from a man whom I've read a lot of, his name is Joseph Campbell. This guy, man, oof. his understanding of how to tell a story, first of all, it's perfect. He read, I think, every historical account or, or retelling of every myth ever because he is a reader like Captain Sean. He just is a book chewer and was one. And, you know, he's an old man, so he he lived during... Well, he's dead, but he was an old man before he was dead. Anyway, he lived during the Great Depression. And when he was uh, depressed during that time, he just read. What else was he going to do? You know, nobody's employed. Uh, so he read and read and read and read. 
And he read more than I've ever read in my lifetime just during the Great Depression years, you know. So anyway, he took all that knowledge and became a professor. And uh, he is a mythologist, a mythologist. And he, he just understands the myths of, um, you know, anthropological myths, every story that every human has ever told in any language, in any culture. And how those stories and the way that they're told are universal and ever-present. And they're, they're even the way we tell our own stories about our own history to ourselves. So this is Joseph Campbell, and he gave me a great bit of advice. And, and you know, as you listen to this episode and future episodes of me clicking record, you're going to find that I refer to a few people whom I've never met as if they were my best friends. And honestly, in my imagination, they are. They're my family members. They're my uncles. You know, I have real uncles too, real in air quotes, you know, because they're related by blood. Um, but, you know, I just feel like if you digest enough of what somebody puts out, what's the real degree of separation there? You know, is that really any less contact than a real life friend in air quotes? No. So anyway, Joseph Campbell gave me advice. Personally, he gave it to me. Don't fucking deny it. Don't deny it just because I never met him. Don't be, don't be that guy. Joseph Campbell gave me advice and he said, when you find an author that you like, keep reading them. Read them and read them and read them and read their next book and their next book and their next book. And don't worry. And these, now, these are my words. Don't worry about, you know, getting this jack-of-all-trades view of everything that was ever written. In his case, right, he found the myths, and that's what he gravitated to, so he just read every every myth. He read all the great classics of literature, too, because he's a tryhard, but, you know, his point is, and this changed my life, and I, I mean that as, as, as gr with as much gravity as I've said it. It changed my life, this idea that I don't have to find all the knowledge. I can give myself a break. I can enjoy things and learn that way. And so, lucky for Mr. Campbell, he was the guy that I liked, so I read a bunch of books by him and made his foundation a ton of money after his death. Um, but then I did it again with Herman Hess, so I've read five of Herman Hess's books. And then I did it with Arthur C. Clarke, um, who is the very famous writer of 2001 A Space Odyssey. Uh, he, he wrote the film uh, in tandem with Stanley Kubrick, and he wrote the book, which came out uh, almost at the same exact time. I think it was like six months apart, which is very unique. We could talk about that, like releasing a book and a movie together as two completely separate projects, not basing a movie on a book, but creating them in tandem. I mean... First of all, I, I, that's really cool. But um, read the stuff that you enjoy, find an author that you like, and then you can stick with them until you're bored of them. That's why I read four Dune books. Those books are super hard to read. They're super long. I super loved them. So I kept reading them. Now I got to number five. I put it down. It got slow for me. I put it down. I'm looking for greatness, and you should be looking for greatness too. You should find it, and you should stick with it, whether that's musically, you find, you find a band that kicks ass, 
you know, you don't have to go all over the world. You don't have to travel everywhere. You don't have to see every country. Look, I haven't been there, but I imagine if you've seen the Grand Canyon that you can, you know, stop looking at rocks for a little while and just soak in the Grand Canyon and soak it in more. So, yeah, you know, my metaphors, they're getting shittier by the minute, but I hope you get the point. Uh, it was fantastic advice for me. I stopped trying to become this, first of all, bullshit uh, pseudo master of everything. And I started just liking what I liked. And that's what made me a much stronger reader. And I think a much better person because I've been able to expose myself to a lot of fantastic ideas that I would not have otherwise um, if I was jumping all around. And you can get deeper into a subject by giving it more attention. You do not become a master of an instrument by playing all the instruments. Sure, some people are virtuosos. I'm not denying that, but if you're truly going to be truly great as a normal human being at anything, dig into it, you know, dig your heels in, st st stay a while and listen. Shout outs to anyone who could tell me where that comes from. Uh, and if you uh, comment that wherever the hell comments are going to be, or if you message it to me on Instagram, more likely at Dane Curley, then... Um, I don't know. I'll shout you out. What, what what kind of gift could I give you? I have no money. Uh, you know, we're in coronavirus economy here. I'm trying to make a podcast that no one will listen to called Me Clicking Record that you're listening to now. So I'm going to end it there. I think I did a good job. Did I do a good job? Huh. I don't actually know. But you can tell me. Please stay in touch. I do respond to people. I'm not famous enough not to. <laughs> Peace out, everybody. One, two, three. This is a podcast. Dane Noodles. This is a podcast. It's a podcast, Dane. This is a Noodles. And we like sex.